My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today, we are sitting down with one of my favorite people and teachers and just amazing humans, Chandler Frisbee. Um, Many of you who are listening know Chandler. Chandler is um, an instructor at The Works. She has also been a longtime student and friend of mine. And I feel like I am slightly Chandler's mom. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen Chandler grow and go through so many stages in her life and become this really phenomenal huge presence in all of our lives. And today Chandler's going to share a story with us today that I was actually privy to um, last October. We, she came with us to Tulum, Mexico for a retreat and I was doing one-on-ones with people and she said, do you mind if we sit down and chat? And I was like, absolutely. And she just said, I haven't shared this story with anyone and I, I trust you and I really just need to give this, you know, I, get this story out of my body. And so we sat down and talked and, um, yeah, so I'm going to let, I'm going to just kind of let Chandler introduce herself a little bit and we'll go from there. Okay. Hi Chan. Hey guys. Um, (laughs) thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Chandler Frisbee. I, um, like Sarah said, I'm an instructor at, at the works and, um, I live in, in Mount Pleasant. I, um, went to the College of Charleston. So that's what brought me uh, to the city of Charleston in the first place. I, um, I was born in a very small town in, um, in Texas, St. Angelo. I was the second baby born in that hospital. Really? Um, yes. Um, so really small town. My dad was a, um, one of his jobs was he was a Methodist pastor. So wherever he and my mom went, it was wherever he was preaching at a different church. And so this um, happened to be a really small town. And I was born. We lived there for about a year and then moved to San Antonio when he went to a bigger Methodist church in San Antonio. My sister Darby was born. Um, we were 16 months apart. So my mom and dad had two kids um, under the ages of two. Um, at that time. And then we lived in San Antonio for about, I'd say six or seven years. And um, my mom and dad, they got a divorce. And we um, up and moved to Atlanta, Georgia, or Gwinnett uh, County in a little town called Lawrenceville, Georgia, about 30 minutes um, north of the city of Atlanta. And we moved um, around Christmas time. I think it was 2001. I was finishing my second grade year. Darby would be in kindergarten. And we moved in um, with another family um, named the Rileys. Their last name was Riley. Um, And it was Barbara Riley, uh, Shelby Riley, and Chris Riley. Uh, Chris and and Shelby are uh, Barbara's two kids. Chris is the oldest. Shelby's actually my age. Uh, We had... um, We were in the same grade, so we kind of went through second grade all the way to senior year. And... um, we kind of started our lives um, in Atlanta. And that's really, from my childhood, those are really the only memories that I can really remember. Um, I mean, when people ask me, I say, I'm from Atlanta, I'm from Gwinnett. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where um, my like adolescence, teenage years kind of began. Okay, so you're living in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and your dad is still in Texas. Yep, he's still in Austin till the day, yep. Okay, so this is your, how old are you, seven? Yeah, so I'm um, finishing the spring of my um, second grade year. 
at a new elementary school. Okay. And mm-hmm. your mom and her friend move in together. Mm-hmm. And now let's fast forward a few years and so you're still in the same town. Exactly. Yeah. We, um, we never left Gwinnett. I mean, my mom and Barb and um, Shelby and Chris, they still live in Atlanta, but it's my mom and Barb who live in Gwinnett. Um, same house that I grew up in every time I go home. Um, me and my sister um, go to that same house. And so we lived there and we were told um, we are, we're moving in with our friends. Barb was my mom's sorority sister at Texas A&M. So my whole side of the family lives in Texas still. They were sorority sisters and um, they were both going through a pretty rough divorce um, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know like the who got divorced first, but either way, um, my mom moved in with Barb for um, emotional, financial support. Um, and um, it was kind of something that was comfortable, I think, something that she was used to. She had to meet an entire new group of friends, as did me and my sister. And, you know, for the first, let's say, like five, seven years, um, like at the end of elementary school, it was like, man, this is so cool. We're living with our best friends. And uh, this, is, this is awesome. And, um, and then once I got older, I'd say like middle school, sixth, seventh and eighth grade, um, things started to, um, I guess change in the way that I was, um, thinking about how my life was going. Um, we still were living there. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody had talked about anything. No one had talked about anything. No one had said, you know, we're going to stay here forever. We're going to... And you never asked questions. I didn't. I really didn't. Um, Did your dad ever say anything to you about it? Nobody in my entire family. So extended family, um, cousins, aunts, uncles. My mom is the oldest of six. Um, my dad is a sister who um, is younger than him. Grandparents, both of them were still alive. And uh, they never really said anything. It was just kind of like, you know, we called ourselves the, the Riley Frisbee family. We started, um, every Christmas, we would send a Christmas card from the Riley Frisbee family. Um, Did that feel to you, did you start to wonder or question? I did. And um, And did you talk to Darby, your sister, about this or any, or the other two children? Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I don't really even remember those conversations, but when I really started thinking this could be more than maybe a friendship was when like I would, um, when people in my neighborhood would say things to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's the family with the two moms. They must, you know, they must be together. Um, your family looks different than mine. Mm-hmm. Why do you, where's your dad? Where's Shelby and Chris's dad? Cause you know, we moved in with them and they, they saw Barbara's, um, husband and he had moved out obviously. And he still lives in Atlanta. Um, what happened to Chris, older Chris, that was his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I, that's when I remember my very first thoughts, and, um, and who did you talk to about those? Nobody? Nobody. No, no nobody. Um, I guess I could like just internally talk to myself and I'm like, you know, no. Um, they would have told me if there was something going on. They would have sat me down and they would have said, hey, this is more than a friendship now. And then um, so time went on. We still live there. Um, you know, we... We lived as as that family and still do to this day. Um, the 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 bullying wasn't um, 
wasn't an everyday thing, but it did go on until high school and college. Um, I remember, I mean, I was, I was kind of, um, people, I, I remember a certain situation in high school. Someone did call me out in front of the whole class. I think an exercise to talk about like how we grew up, our families. And I, I didn't mention Barb, Shelby, or Chris, which till this day, um, I lied about it um, to people like Becca, Katie Penta, Jillian, you up until that point. Because I always thought that there was like something wrong with me, something wrong with my family. And, you know, I had a great childhood. I had the best childhood. I had support from my mom, my sister, Shelby and Chris were great. We got along for the most part. I mean, in middle school, there's always some, you know, tension or whatever growing up. But um, I had a really great life. I, re- I really did. But I was never sat down and there was nothing that was that was stated about a relationship forming between my mom and Barb. So when was the first time that mm-hmm. you, she, you and your mom talked about it? Yeah. So I was in college. And so you got all the way through high school. Oh yeah. All the way through high school. Um, you know, Barb stood with me. And did you feel like in your, like in your, cause you know, my parents were divorced too. Right. And, it was, I knew every, I mean, probably knew too much, but I knew everything, you know what I mean? And like, did you, so you never questioned it? I didn't because I, were you like a really good kid? I was, I, yeah. (laughs) And I I say that like not joking, but like you just. Yeah. The the worst thing I did was like, I went up and I got a tattoo on my foot when I was 15. That's the worst thing. And we still joke about it to this day. But I mean, I was really, you know, kind of a teacher's pet. Athletic. I mean, in college, the only thing I wanted to do was make a 4.0 and start every game. Jeez. And I just like, that's, I was, until this day, I'm really independent. I was like, I can, I can do me. I I never really had um, relationships in high school even. Like I was just kind of on my own and hung out with my high school friends and my teammates and, um, you know, my sister and Shelby and Chris. And um, so, yeah, I never questioned it. There was nothing brought up. And, um, and we just kind of lived as, as that family, as my mom and Barb being best friends. Um, and so in college, in college, it was my senior year and, you know, Barb had gone to every game. Um, of course I allowed her to go to every game and there was some stuff said by some girls on my team. And to this, to that same day, I was like, nope, still didn't really know the full story. Were you like living, do you feel like you were living in denial on purpose? Yeah. And I think I carried a lot of like hatred. Towards your mom? or Not towards my mom. No. Um, towards Barb. Yeah. It's easier to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I would create stories in my head. Why did my parents get a divorce? Why did Barb and her ex-husband get a divorce? why did we move in with this family right away? And my mom told me yesterday and she said that she needed support and Barb is what gave her that. And she, um, and she was able to receive that. And, um, you know, there were times when I didn't want Barb to go to my games because I was tired of what my teammates were saying. Yeah. Were you, and were they being mean or were they just asking questions that you weren't I'm ready to answer? A little bit answer? of both. I heard something in the locker room one time they didn't know I was in there and they were just talking about my family. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I don't want her to come anymore. And you told your mom that? I remember I probably did, but I knew that my mom wanted her there. I did. I did. And um, then there was a part of me that was like, why am I doing this? Like, I've, I've been given best life. And a lot of that had to do with Barb, Mm -hmm. you know, but there was something inside of me that was like, no, no, like there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with this situation, even though like I was telling you before, and like I have now, my mom and Barb and my dad have been my number one fans for my whole life. And they have given me nothing but love and support. Mm -hmm. So it was my senior year. I think it was in the spring. No, I know. It was the summer. It was on June 25th or July 25th. And I saw a post on Facebook and it was a, and it was a picture and it said, happy anniversary to Barb and my mom. Either my mom or Barb posted it, I can't remember. And I started getting an influx of texts. I'm like, what's going on? What is this? What is this? And in my mind, there was a part of me that was like, okay, I kind of knew it, but they would have sat me down. I know what they would have sat us down as kids. And I called my mom and we argued and we yelled over the phone. I was in my living room in my college house on Rutledge. And she was getting mad. And I, what did you, how did you propose it? You said, I, um, I said, mom, I have this, I see this post and I don't know what's going on. Happy anniversary. What's going on? What is this? Mm -hmm. Well, Chandler, you know, come on. Mm. No. I don't know. For my whole life, you've never told me. And yes, I've had thoughts. Yes, Darby and I have had thoughts. And you know, and to kind of take this back, my, my dad spent Christmases and Thanksgiving with us for years, for years. And, and you know, I remember when me and my sister even had these thoughts, these little parent trap moments. Oh my gosh, like dad and mom, when they're together, like things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and my mom has told me, I, want, I wanted you to have a really strong relationship with your father. And I wanted him to be included because if God forbid one day that I get a divorce with whoever I'm with, I would want them to have a relationship with, you know, whoever it was that I was with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really admire her for that because I've seen divorced families who they can't even come to, you know, their kids' own games totally. together because they will freaking cut each other's necks My off. parents were great yeah. like that too. Yeah. And I always, I never even, my parents got divorced when I was two. I didn't yeah. even know, honestly, I didn't know divorce was a bad thing until I yeah. started seeing it play out with other people. And I was, my parents were always very friend, yeah. friendly. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's made me really grateful for that. But to get back to that day, I screamed and yelled at my mom and I didn't talk to her for two weeks. And I'm telling you, you know, you can ask anybody. I text my mom every morning. I text her throughout the day, call her a million times. If I don't talk to her in a day, I'm like, oh my God, something's wrong. You know, and we didn't talk for two weeks. And I think she realized that, you know, she's, Chandler's right. Darby's right. We never had a sit down conversation. So at the end of this conversation, right before the two weeks, was she like defending her side saying, you knew this? A little bit of both. I think yes. And then I think once she probably sat with it. Do you think she was just scared to tell you? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think, I think that maybe my mom carried like a little shame behind it too. And, and she even told me, um, and I, I don't want to jump to things, but she did struggle with it a little bit. She did see counseling for years and, um, you know, 
doing it from afar from her own family. I can't imagine like how hard that must have been for her. But I know that she really did care deeply because she did stay in Atlanta and she created a life for herself and for myself. And, you know, when I think back to it, if we hadn't moved to Atlanta, I wouldn't be sitting in this room with you right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have the life, the really tremendous life that I'm living. And uh, so we didn't talk for two weeks. And I said, mom, we need to have a sit down conversation when I'm home for Christmas this year. And I think it was my, uh, go. so it was going into my senior year that summer. So it was Christmas. And me, my mom, and my sister had to sit down in my living room at home in Georgia, and she laid it all out, most of it out. Mm -hmm. She said that, uh, and I've I've never seen my mom like, like lay her heart out like she did that day. She was really brave. She was really brave, and uh, it was hard. I've, I remember, like, I mean, I've never cried so hard in my life, but she told me that. She moved to Atlanta, and she had known Barb for years, and her their relationship developed. In that moment, I really didn't know because I heard stories even from my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family that didn't really, not that they didn't align, but made me still question things. And... uh so I still sat with that for like years after that. I mean, this was, you know, up until about a couple months ago when I was able to open up to Sarah, you know, that I have friends who have asked me, did your mom remarry? Nope. Is it just you, your mom and your sister at Christmas time? Yep. And every time I say that, like a part of me like just breaks. Do you feel like you're because you're lying to other people or yeah. because you're betraying yourself or your mom or both? I think I'm lying to other people and because I am making um it seem like there's something wrong with my mom. Mm. And when she hears that, I know that she wants to protect me and Darby. I know she does, but no human being deserves to feel like they are less than somebody else. And you, nobody should nobody ever should feel like they don't deserve to feel love and to give love in return. And I was taking that away from my mom who has given me the most love, the most love from any person in this whole world. She never missed a game when I was sick. She picked me up from school. She, and I mean, she did everything. She, she stayed up late at me with me at night. She drove me hours across the country, flew me, to, to travel ball games, to Colorado, California. She coached me for years. She told me, hey, why don't you go to the College of Charleston camp and try it out? And I said, heck no. What's Charleston? I'm not going there. I'm done with this recruiting. I'm just going to play well and hope to go somewhere. And I came to Charleston. Until this day, I give my mom full credit, full credit, and she would never take it. But she brought me to this point. And how could I ever keep making somebody feel guilty or shameful. So after she told you everything yep. and y'all had just that big font, like the yeah. big conversation and the yeah. crying at Christmas, after that, did things get better or was it almost like more challenging now that you knew the truth? Kind of a little bit of both. I mean, it was, it, it still made me question things because, um, there wasn't like a, a, a legal relationship in that. Like they were together, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
there was still question. So after my mom said that, of course, I would talk to aunts and uncles. And Did um, they know? They were shocked that we didn't know. I said, my mom told me this thing that my mom and Barbara are together. You didn't know? Well, no. Well, we just assumed that's why we didn't tell you. I'm like, well, I, I didn't. I didn't. And maybe I was just like so closed off. But I mean, you know, I was old enough, I think. And my mom did tell me that day. There were so many times I wanted to tell you, but you know, you were, you went 0 for 10 that weekend and I didn't want you to like be mad. And you know, Darby was this and that and, and okay. But I was just like, I was still hearing different things. So I was still kind of going back and forth in my mind. Like, well, okay. Is my mom lying to me now? Yeah. Is aunt whoever lying to me now? Is uncle whoever? Um, and then me and Darby would talk and I just kept, it was kind of like a mental thing for me too. And so it was a couple of years and I graduated college and, uh, and I was, I was, I was living at the Boulevard apartments off of Coleman and Mount Pleasant just for a year after I graduated. And my mom, um, we were moving out. I was about to, I had bought a house in the old village and we were moving out. Of course, my mom was the first person to come up like she always does. We moved out in two days and there was nothing in my house. And I came into the living room and where the TV was, there was no longer. And uh, she was sitting down against the wall with her head in her hands. And I'm like, mom, what's wrong? And I thought she was just sad that she was leaving me. And she looked up with her chin up and she had tears coming down her face. And I was like, mom, you know, what is it? And she goes, well, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay what? And I was sitting right next to her and she said, well, me and Barb have decided to get married. And I just, I looked at her and I, I, I started tearing up and I felt two different emotions. One, I was like, well, now it's, now it's known. Mm-hmm. Now it's for sure known. They're, they're, they love each other very much and right. this is going to happen. And then I still had this thing that was like, oh my God, like what? What are people going to think? Is that, was that like the, the, the concern was what are people going to think? Kind of, yeah. And what am I going to tell people? Yeah. And what is Darby going to say? Does Darby know? Who, how am I going to explain this? They're going to say, you've lived with this family for 15 years and, and now they're just getting married. Why didn't you tell us, Chan? And I was afraid of that. Mm. And so that's why to this day, I have not told a single person. I have told Sarah Frick. I've told Katie Blaylock, one of my friends, a couple months ago, a couple years ago. And um, I really can't, I can't think of anybody else. And I've created my life here and I haven't said that thing. That's been a big part of my life. Right. So what is this? So for you to come and to to share this, and, and you and I spoke about this a little bit yesterday, um, what is what is this, this, this piece? Because like when you told me in Tulum, it didn't, I didn't even skip a beat. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think, you know what I mean? It's like, so for you, what was the shame or the holding back or? Um, The shame was that I felt shame in myself because I still had those thoughts that this is going to look different. I was afraid that once this was like a known thing that I would like lose friends, that my mom would lose friends. I felt shame again, just for, for holding this in and Mm -hmm. for, I felt shame still for not 
knowing all along, why didn't you tell me that you were in love with this person Mm -hmm. 10 years ago? So you felt like living a lie kind of? Yeah, I did. And like I said, you know, there were conversations that me and Darby said to ourselves, well, this has been kind of like living a lie a little bit. And and I, and I want to say that, but I also want to, because I know my mom is listening. I do want her to know that through all of that, it was wonderful Mm -hmm. besides everything. Like that's a big deal, but, and and it was, and, um, and they said, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. And I said, okay, all right. And, uh, how did her, how did Barb's children react? Yeah. Um, did they know? So, you know, we never talked about it with them. And I mean, I went to, I rode the school bus with Shelby for years and we never talked about it. And I think that, I think that Shelby and Chris had those same thoughts. Um, there was some tension between between all of us a little bit, you know, and 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 you know, up till this year, every time we go home, there's like this. Uh, it's like there's this kind of some sort of tension. It's like this elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. Like, did you know? Did you ever bring it up? Mm-hmm. What is this? You know, and. Do you think if, and I'm no therapist, no, no, you're, <laughs> but if you all did talk about it, it so, would Yeah, that's been a that goal up. of mine in teacher training. Uh, and I don't want to jump forward, but this was one of my kind of are you for real moments. A girl, Hunter, opened up on the first day and said that her mom was recently gay. And I was like, are you for real? <laughs> yeah. There's another person like me who has kind of the same life that I do. And I'm like, oh my. I couldn't even breathe. And then that next weekend, I shared about it to 12 strangers, Mm -hmm. to 12 strangers who I've never met. And they gave me the same reaction that you did, Sarah. Oh my gosh, great. And I shared with them, this is my life. This is my family. Wow, Chandler, that's really brave. Your mom is so brave. Your Barb is so brave. We love you. And we just met you last weekend. Yeah. And uh, that was another, are are you for real? You still love me? I'm not weird. My mom's not different. Yeah. And so that's when it started kind of, okay, I can maybe share this, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, but that was kind of a step in the right direction. And um, I remember calling my mom because, you know, the, the uh, people who were leading that, they said, well, what are you going to do about it? And it's never happened that I remember calling my mom and said, I need to have a conversation with my mom, my dad, and Barb. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to ch- tell me every detail, but for me to feel, to feel healed mm-hmm. and to not keep making up these stories in my head, I need to know. Yeah. And that hasn't happened. And I get it. My dad's in Texas, but I know my dad, he would fly. Mm-hmm. My dad's a great dad. Mm-hmm. He's a great dad. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. My you- mom may share with me. She's coming in this weekend, actually. And as I've told my mom that I'm going through this process of healing, of sharing this to people across the world, I think my mom has been able to heal a little bit too. Yeah. Because the one thing that has been holding my mom back from full happiness is me and Darby. Yeah. And how dare I do that to somebody who has given me more love than anybody in the whole world. Yeah. I'm done with that. I'm done. And I never thought I would be. And and your mom told you you'd be done and you said Yeah, no. so I shared with Sarah yesterday that um, on the days of their wedding, they got married um, November, I think 2018, and I was working for Lululemon. And of course I said, it was during Thanksgiving break. And of course I was still lying. And I said, um, hey guys, I got to stay in. Cause you, you had to work Black Friday for Lululemon. And um, 
I said, guys, I got to stay a couple days. I got to stay into the weekend. Well, why? Um, I have a family wedding. Oh, who's getting married? Just extended family. <laughs> so till that day, my managers and my assistant manager, they do know now, actually. They know now. Um, they thought I was just going to a family wedding. Well, that family was my mom <laughs> and her now wife, Barb, Barbara Riley. And um, they said, they sat us down and they said, one day y'all will come to terms with this and you will feel at peace. And I said, hell no, I won't. I had to convince Darby to go to the wedding. And we sat in the front row. And uh, I held her hand so tight. And me and Shelby and Chris and Barb, I mean, and, and Darby, it was really tough. And I have a little bit of regret behind that feeling of angry. Why should I feel angry? My mom was so happy. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. obviously you only tell her much, but do you, and I've met your mom and she is lovely yeah. and I know she loves you. I mean, yeah. she loves you so much that she came and took my class with you. Yes. Yeah, she's <laughs> taking love. my first class on Sunday. That's love. She is the best. She really is. And and I know your sister and she is a ball of fun and yeah. just y'all have this really yeah, this unique bond. Yeah. Um, do you feel, I'm, I just, I always think about this podcast, like for other people listening, like somebody yeah. that is either in your shoes or even in your mom's shoes, like yeah. as a mother now, I hear things so different. Like, do you think if when you were younger, maybe not at seven, but when you got to like middle school, if your mom had sat you down and told you, and then you were sitting front row at that wedding, if you hadn't known and had time to process and didn't feel like this was this big lie or this elephant in the room that you would feel differently? So I get asked a lot about my jewelry because I wear my jewelry on the mat, off the mat. Um, my lovely friend Maggie, who owns OXB Studio out in Denver, Colorado, makes all of my jewelry or a lot of my jewelry. It's 100% sweatproof, so I can like literally just wear it. I never have to think about it. I like the pieces too because I can actually move with them. They don't get like stuck on someone else or get stuck on my mat. Um, they do have all different colors. None of them like tarnish or turn green. It's all gold filled and sterling silver metals. So that really does guarantee that even if you're sweating, it's not gonna rub off on your fingers because ew, gross. Um, and always, you know, if it doesn't work out for some reason, put it to the test. You can send it back if you want and they will resend you a new piece. You can also check out a lot of their stuff in our studio. We have a lot of their skinny hoops, a few of the stud earrings, some necklaces, a few rings. Um, I like to mix and match too. So I'll like wear, I'll get a few of the rings and stack them. Love the earrings, on the mat, off the mat. Like I said, really easy pieces, beautiful go-to, wear them every day. So this stuff is a win-win. OXB Studios, tell them that the work sent you. I love these girls out in Denver. They are doing some really, really amazing work. Um, beautiful jewelry, check it out. I think so, Sarah, yeah. I do, and um, I feel that way. And at the same time, I'm like, there must have been something like holding my mom back. Maybe. Well, and, and I mean, we live in the South. Let's be, let's, True. Call, let's yeah. call a spade a spade. Yeah. And things are, you know, we have, it's taken this, this community a lot longer to get on board with, yeah. with basic human rights. Totally. Yeah. And like you, people can love anybody they want to love. Absolutely. hundred percent my thought. And I just, you know, I think about your mom, like my uncle, he, my uncle is gay. He's been in a, he's been with his partner since before I was born and okay. I've only known that. Yeah. Um, and 
to me, it just, it doesn't, I don't even think about it, you know, but I wonder if for your mom, like I'm sitting here as a mother myself, like I said, just trying to, I wonder if it was fear, if she just was mm-hmm. trying so hard to protect you guys. Yeah. And, uh, there was no, you know, people ask me, were there like signs of affection? Mm-mm. No. I mean, they did, they did share the same room. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing that I was like, well, okay, you know, maybe, but there was not like a, I never saw like handholding or kissing. Do you see it now? No, <laughs> no. And I'm like, in a way, I'm like, well, good. I don't, you know, but, but then I'm like, well, maybe, you know, you know, I mean, no one wants to see their mom and their dad making out, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but then I'm like, how hard must have that have been to like hold that back? You want to be, you want to so hard, like give and receive that love to somebody. And I guess my mom just wanted to protect me and Darby and Shelby and Chris and, you know, my mom has a great relationship with Shelby and Chris. Um, I just, I, I think that that's, that's what it must have been. And like I said, I know that she did struggle with it. Like, what am I feeling? What is this? You know, I, I moved here and I think my mom saw like the love that Barb had for me and my sister. And mm-hmm. I think maybe my mom started loving that. Mm-hmm. We had the best Christmases. I mean, right away. I mean, this was a new family, you know, and, and we had all these presents under the tree. We went on trips, ski trips, trips to California. You know, we took a cruise together in seventh grade. Um, Sounds like I might need a barb. I mean, seriously, (laughs) she cooked all of our meals. No offense, mom, but she doesn't cook. We had, you know, like freaking spaghetti and, and, and a hamburger helper from Julie and Barb made us, you know, fondue and like, and, gave us, when my mom couldn't take me to the doctor, when my mom couldn't take me to practice, Barb would be there to pick me up, would take me lunch to school, would, um, she was my second mom. So do you feel a different relationship to her now? Um, or do you still feel that it's animosity? No, you know, um, for the first time, really, I really don't, don't feel that way. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I think it, it's been a lot of different things. It's been reactions from people like you. And I wish I could have realized that earlier. Um, I really do, because I think it would have, I would have been able to share other things as well. I would have um, not been like, uh, not that I'm afraid to go home for Christmas, but I wouldn't have that feeling of like, well, what's it going to be like this year? Is there going to be like tension is there going to be, and, and don't get me wrong, we have pretty, my mom and Barb do everything to make it a wonderful year, but there still wasn't this like collective healing. And I don't think that there is all together, but I know that like, you know, I know my sister looks up to me a lot and I know she's up, she's going to get there on her own, but I, I hope that I can inspire her. And I hope I can inspire myself like every little time, like telling Sarah, that was a big moment. Telling my yoga teacher trainees, that was a big moment. Sitting at their wedding, that was a big moment. Those were all of my like, are you for real moments. This is real, you know, in in different terms. But like um, once I'm doing this now, I'll be able to share things for the rest of my life. And it like, it it just it's like a million pound weight is lifted off of my chest. Mm -hmm. And I hate that it's taken this long for me to do that. But, um, you know, do you see too, like in this dynamic, like other, like how it, like your own interpersonal relationships, like, do you feel 
now that you've shared this, like that you could go out and find your own love or whatever it is you're looking for. Absolutely. And I've been like really closed off for a long time. I mean, I, and I wouldn't even want to bring people into my house and neither would my sister because we, it'd be pictures of, oh, who's this woman? And like, oh my God, I'm going to lie to them. I don't want to have to lie to them. Who's, who's this girl? Who's Shelby? You know, who's this man? You have a brother? No. I, I was scared to bring people into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's, and it's these little moments when every time I tell someone and they have the reaction like you did, mm-hmm. Jan, we love you. Mm-hmm. Your mom is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Barb sounds pretty phenomenal. We mm-hmm. love your sister. <clears throat> and, and she'll find her own healing. She, she will when she's ready. Mm-hmm. And I have the group of people around me who I know will be with me for life. And those are the relationships I want and to continue to build on, like, for me internally. And 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 if I can share this one thing, because I don't really hold a lot of stuff back about how I feel, but this is one thing that's been, like, it. To shut down. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just and completely, I mean, straight up lie, like I've been saying a million times, and that never feels good. And uh, it's taken a long time, but I think you know, it's, it's going to allow me, like you said, to like kind of create a new way of living. Like I even felt more empowered waking up this morning Mm. in the class that I taught. uh, I was able to say, Hey guys, I've been feeling really heavy emotionally and we're just going to like move through this and we're just going to do this. And I, I wanted to kick ass in your class today. And I'm like, hell yes. Like I am so brave. I am so strong. And I'm like, I've never felt that way ever in, in playing college sports for four years and being like a competitive person and failing and succeeding in multiple things. I'm, it's like, man, this was weighing a lot heavily, more heavily than I really thought it was. And it's allowed me to like share who I am and who I want to be and to allow my mom to, to heal as well yeah. because she's a very happy person. But I know like I can see it in her eyes that she still feels like like me and Darby resent her in some way. And that's not the case. Well, since she is listening, what do you yes. want to say to her? Yeah. Um, I want to, um, I want to tell my mom that she is so brave. That she is far braver than I will ever be. That she is been through hell and back, maybe starting with her divorce and opening up to her parents in a new life. Um, she's been brave by kind of hiding it too. Mm. Um, for me and Darby, she is the most wonderful human being. And she has given me a life here in Charleston that I have loved every moment of no matter if I've been in the highest of highs or in the lowest of lows, she has been my number one fan. She has, um, she has inspired me more than anyone. She is really the greatest mom and the greatest person in the whole world. And I want to tell her that I'm sorry. I want to tell her that I'm sorry if I've ever, um, allowed her to feel unworthy or ashamed, ashamed or unloved 
or not able to share her own love to someone that's really given me another or a really phenomenal life and that's bar yeah and um you know, I, I can't imagine how hard it is to like, you know, give love to someone who's like really not like that kind of love, like a mother who's someone who's not your blood. And I realize that there's step families all across the world, but to take somebody in just like that and to, you know, allow my mom to heal. And it sounds to me too, yeah. like that, um, first of all, what a beautiful testament to your mom. Yeah, thanks. Like, it. well, it, it, I hope that her listening knows that she did do a good job. That's, I think that's all moms want. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all they want. Did you do a good? Did I do an yeah. okay job? Are you okay? But I yeah. think too, like what you said is, you know, Barb must she must love your mom so much. Yeah. To be able to make these life changes and yeah. to love someone else's children, even through the tough times. Yeah. Because it's hard enough. I know in my own marriage, like to love the children that we have together yeah. in our good times. Yeah. You know, and that's such a beautiful testament to love and to the fact that it doesn't matter if it's man, man, woman, woman, man, woman, you know, whatever it is, it's love is love. Yeah. And I, I, for me, just listening to you tell your story and to see how emotional you are and how important this is, like, this is seems such a a beautiful testament to how how important, you know, it is. Yeah. Like to the coming home. I, I really do believe to ourselves. Yeah. And seeing that in, in each other and wanting for someone else to be happy and wanting for someone else to feel you know, included and, mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Totally. Yeah. Forgiveness with, from, from my mom for not telling me forgiveness for myself. I hope I can get that for, forgiveness from other people who, who I did, um, hide the truth from. Yeah. And I also, I just want people to know and families to know whoever's listening that, that, um, that no family is perfect. Mm-mm. Uh, there's Mm-mm. no really quote unquote normal, family, if you, you know, if you feel like, you know, your family is perfect and you want to hide behind that, then you're lying to yourself. Um, Preach. You you know, and yeah. And um, like I said, I did have a pretty close to a phenomenal life, but um, it has allowed me to, to be okay with like things not being quote unquote, like normal, perfect all the time. Um, And I want, to not be afraid to like tell my story. And I hope that other people like in return can, can share their own. And maybe it's not the exact same as mine, but maybe it's like, I'm ashamed of of this doing this when I was younger or lying about this. And I've been holding this back for years and now I'm able to talk to my mom about it. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to talk to my sister about it or, you know, and I think anything we keep in the dark is scary. Yeah. Anytime we give something light, it's like, yeah. Right? It catches like, it literally, uh, this sounds kind of silly, but it kind of catches a vibe. Like yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. And, and you air it and people are like, oh, I can relate. No, yeah. I can't relate exactly. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I've put shit in the closet for a really long time. And the thing about things that get put in the closet is they just keep building. Yeah. And then one day you open the closet and it just falls out. And yeah. you're right, we get swallowed by those things. Yeah. And I think it, this is such a good practice in learning and elevating, sharing our, our, our dark secrets. Yeah. You know, and I'd, I'd say it all the time, but I really believe it. Like as we sh- as we share our stories, we heal the world. Yeah, because you sharing this is giving someone else the freedom to go. Oh fuck, okay, 
Yeah. I can share mine. Yeah. And, and just like people will still love me. Yes. And it's connectivity. Yeah. And if for some reason one person chooses not to, you don't want that one person. Yeah. It's like, please. Yeah. Like you don't, you, you know, you, you love me for me not being me and now I'm being me and you don't want this me. Exactly. Thank bye. Yeah. My mom said she had one person in her whole life, in her whole life to this day who was, you know, who was against it. Mm-hmm. And all of her other college friends, all of her friends who she met in Gwinnett, all of her friends who she has met in Charleston, all of her family, my dad's side of the family. I mean, she talks to my dad's mom almost every day, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um, there was one person in her whole life that was like, nope, I'm against this. See you. Bye. And now no one ever talks to her. None of her college friends. She was in their sorority, talks to them. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm better for it. And and I have people around me who love me. And I'm like, and now it's and it's kind of sad that her daughter is one of those people who's kind of getting there at last. But um, she, my mom told me yesterday, she's like, you're 25 and you've got so much ahead of you. And there's going to you know, be more talk this weekend. I'm so glad she's coming in this this afternoon. And, um, you know, she she told me yesterday where there is support, there is love. And when there is love, is support. And that's what she needed. Mm. And how can you um, say no to that? And how can you take that away from somebody? Because mm-hmm. I need that right now. Mm-hmm. And I, the last thing I ever want to do is, is take that away from the person who has given me the most support and love mm-hmm. for my whole life. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Awesome. You know, I know this is a podcast for, for the world and for the city of Charleston and for this community, but it is the people who have, who have been on this podcast, the people who I have met in, in our rooms, in your room, Kate Count's room, Maggie's, everybody, um, who I've been able to share things with and they've been able to share their stories with me. And if it weren't for you and this community and this works like tribe that we've created and these, and these stories on these podcasts, I wouldn't have been able to do this mm-hmm. in that one moment last weekend. And after your Saturday class and we were kind of talking about it, this had been in my mind, obviously for a while. I'm like, all right, Jan, this is it. You got to tell Sarah. Um, that you want to do this mm-hmm. because if you keep holding this back, it's going to be your 30 or 35, 40. And unfortunately we're seeing, you know, women my age getting breast cancer, passing mm-hmm. away, people getting diseases. And I would hate to have like something happen and I would have left this behind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if it were this, this, this community that we've created on this platform has, has given me that, um, inspiration and that like, um, that like reassurance that everything's going to be okay. And I know that they're going to be proud of me. So proud of you. So yeah, I mean, that's all. <laughs> yes. It's, and it's true. And I think of it like, and you know, like you didn't just rip the bandaid off. It's like you climbed on top of like an excavator, like yeah. a tractor and you just went like straight through. Yeah. You were like, I'm like, all right, everybody now. listen up. Yeah. I'm like, what, what better way? <laughs> You know, yes. um, so I'm appreciative of this platform. Well, and I'm I'm so thankful that you said that. I when I first opened up um, one of my first studios many years yeah. ago, ten years ago, I said it's a it's a studio. But what I always said this, uh, it's a platform for mainly young women, a few young men too, but for young women to really find their voice. Yeah, because they're at the time too, especially boutique fitness was so young and new. They're it was hard for women to, or anybody, I, I yeah. speak to women because I'm a woman. It was, it's, you know, when you're first fresh out of college or young or whatever it is, it's like 
there's not a whole lot of places that you can go put your two feet in the ground and speak to a room of people. No. Like yeah. over and over and keep trying it on. And sometimes like we go, and this is a little off track, but you teach the best class of your life and sometimes you teach the worst class of your life. Totally. But it's every day you have to get up and you have to show up to the table. And yeah. it's what I was speaking about this morning in my class. It's like... Sometimes we reach our hand out and all we want is for that other person to reach back and grab our hand and they might not necessarily grab our hand back right away, but it doesn't mean we don't keep reaching. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And keep showing up. And you know, and I think about that just, you know, as we move through so all these different things, but with Darby and your mom and just your mom's just gonna keep reaching out and Yeah. Darby will come. She's never stopped loving us Mm -hmm. through whatever pain that we allowed her to feel and and that's you know a huge testament to her she's she's never going to stop reaching for Darby yeah and for me and for whoever because she's the most selfless person I've ever met and that's just how she is and I know you know I I remember that day I never I said I'm never gonna be okay with this and here I am less than three years later and man how how much can change yeah it's so wild I remember being on the phone with a woman after we lost Grace and I was pregnant with the pregnancy I had to terminate. And she was like, one day you're going to look back on this. And Mm. I was so mad. And I was just like, fuck you. How dare you tell me how I'm going to look back on this and be strong from this. Yeah. And and I I do. Yeah. I do because it's like you live, you, you, you can't, you know, you can't buy wisdom. You can't buy time. You can't buy age, you know? And it's like you, you learn, you live and you learn. Yeah. And you look back and you go, yeah, I need it. That was that was there for at the right time. Yeah. So, all right, I love you. Love you, Sarah. Thank Good you work, guys so mama. much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Chandler, thank you so much for coming on and sharing yourself today and sharing that story. I, I hope for you guys listening that that gives you the freedom and the bravery to to share your your inner story, right? Your dark, dark, because. Like when Chandler shared that with me, for me, hearing that as a friend and someone who loves her, all I could think of was, I just want to like give you a hug. I love you. I don't think any different of you. And I'm sure for so many of you that know Chan and don't even know her or don't know her, know like after listening to that, that that's all we want. All we wanted is to be heard and to understood. And as we share ourselves, we do heal each other. So thank you guys so much for listening to Are You For Real? As always, please, if you love us, send us to your friends, rate us, write a review. We love what we're doing so much and we need you guys to keep doing it. So have an awesome day.